we can do this thing. Amen. There's none like him. He's good. He's awesome. Amen. Praise God. Well, we want to get right into our lesson this morning. Amen. Take up our discipleship off from Brother Shepherd. Could you help me? Amen. Father, we praise you again this morning. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness and kindness. Bless your people this day, God, I pray in all things. Thank you, Lord, again. Bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a God we serve. Amen. So he's awesome, awesome. Amen. So worthy. Amen. And as we was praying earlier, remember a lot of people are having some flooding in their homes and stuff in areas. So please let's remember them as we pray continually. Amen. For the saints and everybody in our city, surrounding county and the nation. Amen. Keep people are lifted and thank you, sir. Keep people lifted up in prayer. Amen. We want to get right into our lesson uh, today. Amen. This is the third lesson. Uh, we've been talking about a victorious people, and a victorious church in the end times. <clears throat> and so we have to get to that point, amen, that we're going to win. We already know the Bible tells us we win, but we have to stay on the team to win. <laughs> and we've got to keep moving forth. We've got to keep running the race with patience, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. We have the victory. We are overcome by our faith in Jesus Christ. Could you turn me down just a little? Amen. Uh, we, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. We, we've got the, the tools that we need to win. The Bible tells us there's no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment we shall condemn as this is the heritage of the children of the saints of God. When you read the word of God, there's so much instructions and so much wisdom and knowledge that flows out of that book that gives us the, the ability to be victorious. We can't lose if we use the tools that Jesus gives us. <laughs> Amen. So the church is going to be victorious. One day we're going to rapture out of here, so we need to be rapture ready. And the end times, what we find in the end times, and why the end times are so essential and so important, is because there are going to be things that tries to stop you. There are going to be things that tries to hinder you. If you know anything about sports and anything of that nature, you always find that the opponents is always trying to do things to discourage you, to get the other team to make mistakes so that they lose. Amen. And so it's no different in the church. Jesus tells us in John 10, 10, that the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He says, but I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. So we have to figure that out and realize that the enemy of our soul is going to try to discourage us. So now last week we were talking about Love and truth in the mix of what? False doctrine. False doctrine. You need to know the doctrine, you know, of Jesus Christ. You need to know the doctrine of this organization. I tell you that all the time. 
the basic fundamental doctrine of this organization shall be the Bible standard of full salvation, right? Which is repentance, water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. Amen. And we admonish brethren everywhere to not for their own views to discord for the body. we got to keep the unity of the body. We believe there's one God, ever-living, all-powerful, amen, infinite in power and wisdom and knowledge, amen. This is who he is, a full in deity, almighty God, amen. Without controversy, great is the mystery of God and his God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Amen. Seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. You need to know the doctrine of the church. Amen. Because in the last days, there's going to be a great falling away. You know, Paul says in Ephesians 4, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the fullness of the statutes of Christ, that we be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. There's only one doctrine. Amen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. When you repent, you die. When you're baptized, you're buried. You feel the Holy Ghost, you're risen to walk in newness of life. Amen. That's how it applies to your life. Amen. And Jesus says we know the doctrine. And so, therefore, we was talking about, amen, love and truth in the midst of all this false doctrine. And that's what it boils down to. When you understand that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and you love him, amen, then blessed are you. Because the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, blessed is the man that has the God of Jacob as his Savior or his God. Amen. So we got to love. So today, lesson three, I think it is, we're going to talk about loving the word amidst deception. Loving the word amidst, in the middle of deception. Wow. I know nobody's ever been deceived, but we're going to go through this lesson anyhow, right? Second Timothy 3, 13 through 17. But evil seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruct, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen.
Deception stands as the order for the end times. However, a love for God's word will protect the child of God and to prevent a diversion from truth. Now notice verse 15 there, Paul tells Timothy, he says, And that thou from a child hast known the Holy Scripture, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we need to understand that the value and the importance of the Word of God. If it's going to make me wise, then I need to get into it and get as much of it into my heart as I can. Amen. As we read Romans 15.4, Paul says, The things which was written afore was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. So we should have a lot of hope just running all over the place. Amen. So in this lesson, we want to focus on one of Satan's most effective tools in his toolbox, and that is deception. Deception. No one likes to be deceived. To be deceived is to be misled by false appearance or statement. The verb deception has its origin from a Latin word, which means to ensnare or to take. To deceive is to take into a trap. You remember what Eve says in Genesis 3.13, when God asked her, what has she done? What did she say? The serpent did what? He beguiled me. In other words, he tricked me. He deceived me. Amen. So deception has been around a long time. And is no exception in the end time and in the last days. The reason deception hurts and is uh, it's so offensive. Amen. Because it attacks the feelings of a person. When you're deceived, it goes to the heart. It goes to the core. See, it's one thing to be deceived by Satan. It's the one thing to be deceived by the people in the world. But God forbid it should, you should be deceived by a saint of God. No saint of God should practice deception in any way, in any form. We must love the Word of God. We must love truth with all our hearts, mind, and soul, and strength. Solomon says an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Anybody ever sprained your ankle? Pretty painful, isn't it? You ever broke a tooth? Oh, my goodness, it's painful. So if you deceive someone, that's basically what it's like it is. Is, is being deceived. Notice what he says in Proverbs 26, verse 18 and 19. He says, As a madman who casts his foul brands, errors, and death, so is the man that deceived his neighbor and said, Am not I a sport? In other words, deceiving somebody and then turn around and says, Oh, I'm just kidding. I was just joking. I was just messing around. No, if you hadn't got caught, <laughs> you'd have probably stayed with it. So he says the same way as deceiving a person and then turn around and say, I was just joking. It is the same way if somebody took an arrow and, put, and lit a fire on the end of it and shot it at you or shot you with an arrow, amen, or caused death. He says the same way, 
because you're going at the heart and the core of someone. And so this is why it's important that we understand that these end times of value are important and the reason we must love the word of God. Deception is no play game with Satan. Yeah, we can say I was just joking. But no, he's for real. When he deceived you, he's got a purpose. His goal is to destroy you, Jesus said. His purpose is to take you out. That's why Peter says in 1 Peter 5, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary as the devil, he's walking around seeking whom he may devour. He's going to try to deceive you. And so, therefore, deception is going to be prevalent and running crazy in the end times. If you watch news, if you have been watching what is going on in the world today, there's so much deception that is taking place. And as a result, uh, amen, they, they, it's, it's everywhere, in businesses and restaurants. Uh, you, you know, how many of you have been deceived because you ordered the meal, you picked up the menu, and you saw that big juicy steak, and, and all of a sudden you say, man, I want that. And you get it, and it's about this big. You know, I remember a dear good friend of mine, you know, we was in Asia, and we went out to a restaurant, and, and you know, he's a very prominent, uh, one of our, our great evangelists in our organization. And he and I, and we was looking at the menu, and it showed a Japanese spoon. If you ever seen a Japanese spoon, how they're made on the end, you know. It looked pretty big, and it looked like it had some nice-sized pieces of chicken in it and everything. You know, and he says, I'm going to get that. That's just so awesome. I said, go for it. Go for it, man. And the waitress brought it out. The plate was about this wide, and the spoons was about this big, and had a little bit like a chicken nugget <laughs> in the end. And he looked at me, see, there you've been deceived, <laughs> you know. But think about it. How many of us order a meal based on the pictures that we see? Amen. How many of us order cards or get cards or buy things based on the pictures that we see? We usually do. And so it's deception. That's the same way, you know, if you look at cosmetic companies and how they sell, that's all deception. See? So you have to be careful. In the end times, it's going to be a lot of deception. Jesus and the apostles warned of deception in the last days. Therefore, we must be, have a strong love for the word of God. This is one of the reasons I think the scriptures tell us, amen, to give and to expect nothing in return. Say, if I give you something and you don't give it back, what would happen? I've just been deceived. That's why a lot of times a lot of guys walk off the street in here and ask me to give them 20 or whatever, you know. I, you know, I give it to them not expecting that. I'm going to pay you back, Pastor. I'm going to pay you back. No, 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 go ahead on. You know, if you bring it back, that's fine, but I'm not expecting you to bring it back because I know they're deceivers, <laughs> you know. So you have to be aware of that, see. Now, notice in Matthew 24, go to Matthew 24, verse 3 through 5, then verse 11, and then we'll hit drop down to verse 24. Matthew 24, verse 3 through 5, then we'll do verse 11, then verse 24, verse 3 through 5. 24, 3, 2, 5. 
And as he sat up upon the mountain of olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Okay? They wanted to know, okay, when you're coming back, notice what he says. You take heed that no man deceive you. Verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall what? Deceive many. Verse 24. For there shall arise false Christes and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders and so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Amen. So we should have a sober mind. Just reading those three or four passages of Scripture there, if you read the whole chapter, Jesus give them some litanies of, of list of things that's going to happen, weather patterns out of the way and wars and rumors of wars. Those dramatic things are going to happen, he said, in the last days. But none is going to be as more powerful than deception. The wars we hear about, the weather patterns, none of that is going to even come close to deception. Think about it. So we need to have a sober reality of believers and build up ourselves, Jude says, on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping ourselves where? In the love of God. Amen. We have got to prepare ourselves. He's given us warnings. He's telling us that it's going to happen. So now I must arm myself. I must prepare myself and be alert because I know it's coming. I know the enemy is going to try to deceive me. So I have to be on the alert. I have to wait before I answer. I have to read before I sign. I've got to study. I've got to know exactly what I'm doing. I can't allow the enemy to deceive me. I cannot be one. As Notice what he says. The very elect could be deceived. Signs and wonders. And one of the biggest things that's going on in the Christian dog right now is signs and wonders. You hear him talk about it. Working a mirror. Uh, this can be, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but this can be, if we're not careful, we start following signs, we start following wonders, uh, we start following miracles, uh, and not keeping our focus on Jesus Christ, because it is so easy for a man or a woman to pick up a book uh, and read or go on the internet and download a message uh, and, and get into a pulpit or in a stadium and begin to, to deliver and make you, as Jesus says, make you think they're Christ. See, we don't follow signs, they follow us. These signs shall follow them that believe. So a lot of people, how many times have you heard people, so-and-so is preaching that, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to that one. 
then the next week, so-and-so is preaching. Who's that? You know? Oh, no, I don't think I'll go to that. I've never heard of him. I don't know him. I don't know her. You know? Be careful. We can be following signs. Because they could be good, and then all of a sudden they fall. What happened? It shadows you. You've been deceived. See? So you have to be careful, amen, that you're not following after signs. Signs follow you. You are filled with the Spirit of God. So let's be careful. Let's not let signs and things pull us. Jesus says the very elect, a lot of people, is going to act like they're Christians to deceive. I was just reading in, in Newsweek last night about this young lady. You know, she's, um, I can't think of her name right off the top of my head, but uh, she, she, she's declaring to be Christian. And she's walking around in bikinis and stuff. What's that going to do to a lot of young people? They're going to be deceived. She's getting publicity. She's being able to speak before Congress. She's been able to speak and, uh, and before all these other high wigs and everything else. You know, people are going to be deceived. Children are going to be deceived. Say, we have to be aware of these things. You've got to be aware. You know, you've got to go back to Deuteronomy 6 and 4. And you, parents, you train your children how to be aware of deception. Amen. Jesus prophesied that in the last days there would be, amen, a great revival. He says before he comes, the gospel will be preached in every nation. So at the same time we are, we're having revival, what did Paul say over here? He says there's going to be a great falling away. In other words, Christians, so-called Christians, is going to fall away. There's going to be people coming in and people falling away at the same times. So we have to be aware of this. Amen. See, the fall away does not mean, you know, you don't back, people don't backslide. See, it's totally different than apostasy and falling away is totally different from backslide. You know, when you look at Hebrews 6, uh, Paul says that, amen, let me read it. For it is impossible for those who was once enlightened to have tasted of the heavenly gift, 6-4, the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the power of the world to come if they should fall away. See? To renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucified themselves, the Lord of God of, of a flesh, and put themselves to shame. He's not talking about backslidden. He's talking about falling away. He's talking about apostasy. And in other words, they denounce. They're going to totally denounce Jesus Christ. They're going to totally denounce the plan of salvation. They're going to totally denounce truth, righteousness, holiness, purity. That's falling away. See, you can be backslid right on the pew. <laughs> you know, anytime you stop going to doing what you're supposed to do, you know, if you don't read your Bible, you can start backsliding right there. You don't come to church regularly, you can be backslidden. You can start backsliding. You don't tithe and give offers, you you know, the things you know to do right, that could be backsliding. But apostasy and falling away is going to be the guy and the gal saying, 
I don't believe it. I don't have nothing to do with Christianity. I don't have nothing to do with Jesus. I don't believe that stuff. That's falling away. And so Paul says in the last days, that's what's going to happen. And that's the ones that is not going to be able to be restored to the Lord. Because they knew. But yet they fell away. The prodigal son was backslidden. He, he didn't fall away. He was backslidden. He never forgot his dad. He never forgot what his father had. Say, he says, I'll rise and go to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I'm no longer. You know, he was just backslidden out there. You know, he knew where to go. See, that's kind of like when we read Paul, is, is, he says, you know, last week that they don't maintain the truth. God has sent a strong delusion that they even, re, re, you know, receive a lie. See, so we have to be aware of this. So we don't want to fall away. So at the same time, there's going to be a false, a great falling away. There's also be a great revival taking place. But you and I, we must still be aware. See, we have to be aware that the enemy is going to try to deceive us. You remember last week I told you that I just finished reading the book, uh, Irresistible, that the guy is saying that the Old Testament don't apply, you know, anymore. So you have to be aware of these things. That's all part of that deception of the Antichrist and how it's going to be coming our way. And Jesus says there will be Antichrists. Look at First John chapter 2. Go to First John chapter 2 verse 18. First John chapter 2 verse 18 and, and then we'll drop down to verse 22. Little children, it's the first time. Right? It's the last time. And if you have heard that the Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby you know that it is the last time. Look at all the people that is against Christ. Look at all the people that don't want Bibles in schools. They don't want your children to pray. They don't want to have prayer in anything. You know, I can remember, you know, when I was in the military, you know, every function you had, I don't care what it was, the chaplain always had to open in prayer. But now that's not the case. He had to open and he had to close. But now that's not the case. Most places that you went to, you know, I, I, I think I've shared with you, when I was a kid in school in North Carolina, I was the worship leader, you know, constantly in our school as, as a young kid coming up. I would get up in the morning in, in front of the class and I would, you know, pray. I'd say the Lord's Prayer. We'd be pledge allegiance to the flag. I would sing a couple of songs, you know, Christian songs. And then, you know, we sat down and we have our class for the day. That don't exist today. You know, so everything is trying to get rid of the word of God. Say, so we have to be aware of what James is saying to us here. Little children, he says, it's the last time. The Antichrist is here. The spirit of the Antichrist. Is here, say, and we need to be aware of these last 
days, last times, situations and things that has happened. Verse 24. Drop down to 24. Let there therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. From the beginning, you remember what Paul told Timothy? You know, that from a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which is able to make you wise unto salvation. Don't let it go. Hold on to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Don't let it go. Hold on to the doctrine of the apostles. Don't let it go. First John chapter 4, verse 3. First John chapter 4, verse 3. Go there in your Bibles real quick. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is what? That spirit of the Antichrist. Where you have heard that it shall come and is now already is in the world. Amen. They're denying that Jesus Christ is God. Amen. They're denying it. That he ever showed up. They're, ever, they're denying it. Amen. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Amen. Second John, verse 7. Chapter 1, verse 2nd John. I think it may show up with verse 1, verse 7. Should just be verse 7, right? For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus has come in the flesh. This is the deceiver and an antichrist. Amen. They are denying that he's ever showed. Okay, so you have to be aware of these things. Amen. So Paul goes on and he tells us about the emerging and how this Antichrist and this spirit of deception is going to rise and how it's going to enter into the world. Amen. In Second Thessalonians 2.9, Paul says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders. Amen. He's going to be like some magic man. He's going to have all... All these things, and he's going to have a great following, and people are going to go out. They're going to run after him. Amen. So you have to be careful that in these last days, deception is going to hit the church like it's never hit it before. But you, beloved, you've got to stay secured in the word of God. Amen. Many will rise. Many will come. Jesus says false prophets is going to show up. People are going to be giving messages that don't make any sense. Uh, people are going to be saying things that, you know, th- that going to deceive a whole lot of people, making them think it is of Christ. So you have to be aware of these situations and circumstance. So what is the antidote? What is the cure? Amen. For you and me to prepare ourselves. Amen. We have to have a love of God's Word. 
Amen. We've got to have the same way that water and oil does not mix. Truth and error is also incompatible. You have to know the truth. Amen. Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Amen. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. Get the truth of God's word. Get the word of God hid in your heart so that you won't sin against him. We've got to read. We've got to study. We've got to memorize. We've got to meditate. Amen. That's why we have to study God's word. We've got to read God's word. Jesus says in Revelation 1, verse 3, John writes, Blessed is he that what? Read it. Revelation 1, 3. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. We've got to read. Amen. You've got to get into the Bible. You've got to read so that the word is being placed in you. You've got to read so you know what is going on, so that you will not be deceived by the enemy of your soul. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 3 through 8, but he said unto them, have you not read what David did when he was in hunger and they that was with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which was with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say to you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if you have known what this meant, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath day. And Mark 12, verse 11 and 12, And have you not read the scripture, the stone which the builders rejected has become the headstone of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous. In our eyes. You've got to read the word. You've got to get into the book. Amen. The answers to life and protection is in the book. The things we need, amen, to protect us from deception in the end times and in the last days are in the book. You've got to read it. Amen. To study it. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 13 through 16, till I come, give attendance to reading, to doctrine, exhortation, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly unto them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and everyone that hear thee. Read. Read. Get in the habit of reading the Word of God every day. Read. It's your defense. Study. Second Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. See, we study 
for the things that we don't know. If I want more knowledge, I have to study. I have to apply myself into these things. We have to have a love for the Word of God. If not, you're going to be deceived. Amen. People are going to deceive you. God has already told us in the last days, deception is going to run rampant in the world. And if we don't have the Word as our filter, we're going to be deceived. Memorization. There's no scripture to tell you to memorize the Word of God. No. But David says in Psalms 119, 100, and verse 11, he says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, so that I will not sin against thee. But he memorized the word of God. And that's the same way. You see what happens when we memorize, you know what is happening? You're going, you got it going over and over and over and over and over in your mind, so that when you need it, it's there. Sister Vicky, why do you stop at a stop sign? Uh, but why do you really stop? What did you learn about stopping at a stop sign? DMV in class, right? Constantly. You read that book, and it says, you see this sign, S-T-O-P, you better stop. Right? You memorized it. You memorized it. Every time you see it, it's going over in your mind because you read it way back here and you're 16 years old, 15, getting ready to get your license. Because the book says, amen, you stop. You come to a complete halt. Some people do the California stops. But it says you come to a stop, you look both ways, make sure nothing is coming, and then you proceed. You memorize that because it was showed up on the test. you know. And so the now it's in your psyche. So every time you see that red sign with the word stop, you're going to put on the brakes. Even though, like I said, some people go through a California style. But, you know, most people, we stop. We come to a complete stop. You look left. You look right, just like the book said, because you memorized it. See, the same way as turning on your turn signals. All that you learned, you know. Why do you why do you count your change when you when you leave the store? Why don't you just take it and stick it in your pocket? Yeah, there you go. Because you learn. If I in, in school you learn if I give you five and I pay four fifty, I'm looking for fifty cent back change. You know, it's in your psyche. It's already there. You know, I better count my change if I don't want to be deceived. See. It's there because you learned it in the book. It's the same way with the Word of God. We already know the enemy is going to try to deceive me, so I better put the Word of God inside of me so that I can discern and be able to see what deception is. If somebody is trying to pull me away from the truth, if they're trying to lead me down the wrong path and the wrong way, I need to have the Word of God inside of me so the Spirit of God will say, no, that goes against my Word, that goes against what I have told you in the book, what I have showed you, so that you're not deceived. See, you've got to apply the word to your heart daily. You've got to apply the word. It does you no good to read if you're not going to apply it. The application is the most important thing so that you're not being deceived. So in the mix of deception and a world of deception, we've got to have a love 
of the Word of God. Amen. It'll keep you. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. See? When Adam and Eve was deceived by Satan, first thing God said, you, who told you? You know, have you eaten, eaten, excuse me, from the tree that I told you not to? They had the word. They had the defense. But they did not follow what he told them to do. Amen. So let God's word affect you. Let it be in you. Obey God's word. It is the most effective way to detect deception. Amen. Is by the word of God. The other thing is going to happen and through deception is worldliness. See, we have to be aware that worldliness would try to come in as well to deceive. And I just told you about the, the gal that I can't remember her name right off the top of my head. See, so, but we have to be aware. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, 2 and 3, you are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men, for as much as you are manifest, declared to be the epistles of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of your heart. Amen. The epistles should be in your heart. A word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee. Amen. So don't let yourself be deceived. Amen. It's, it's rampant, but you've got to filter. The word of God. So just love God's word. Amen. Father, we thank you again this morning for this lesson. We're asking you, God, to let us have your word hid in our hearts. So, God, that we're not deceived. We truly appreciate all that you do, Jesus. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's take about a 10-minute break.